Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. It was very interesting and you asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows to you. Tim Howard. Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you're staying safe and doing well. Excited to have you with us. A big announcement that we will get to after our headline segment. We've been working on this for a while, but uh, I think you're going to be excited for the future of Sports Business Radio. We've been doing this for 16 years. I feel like we're taking a gigantic step forward and going to the next level So uh, stay tuned for that announcement after our headlines. Our guest today, Jeff Atnella, he's become a friend. He's a goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers of Major League Soccer. Really wanted to talk to someone who's inside the bubble at Disney World, and he's inside the MLS bubble at Disney World in Orlando. What are the protocols that have been put in place by MLS and the Timbers How is Jeff training with his teammates? What's it like playing matches with no fans in attendance? A lot going on inside the bubble for both the NBA and Major League Soccer. Jeff Atnella, goalkeeper of the Portland Timbers, will give us his firsthand perspective from Orlando coming up in the show. Executive producer Brian Griggs joins me. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great and uh, love Jeff. I've met him a couple times too, being from Portland myself. So just a good, solid guy and a really good, uh, you know, timely interview right off the beginning of MLS in the bubble and see what it's like from the inside the inside the bubble. So loving that one from Jeff. And as you mentioned, exciting news. I'm pumped for that too. Yeah. Jeff, uh, I think, is going to have a career in broadcasting when he's done. He's already got a children's book publishing company. He's got his own podcast, the J to Z podcast on iTunes. But uh, just a really sharp guy, not only when it comes to soccer, but all sports. And again, I think you'll appreciate his perspective inside the bubble in Orlando. All right, headlines. Let's start with something that has really been brewing for years and years now. The Washington, D.C. NFL team has retired their nickname and their logo. They will announce a new nickname and logo in the future. Griggs, this all comes down to money, as we say on this show, because sponsors like FedEx, Amazon, Nike, others stepped forward and said, we will separate ourselves from your team, your organization, if you do not change your nickname and logo. Lo and behold, Money Talks, the DC NFL team, made the announcement this week, and uh, they're going to make the change. Yeah, no surprise either. I think, like you said, we've talked about this for years and years, and many people have, Cleveland Indians, other teams too, but uh, just the state of the world right now, it's kind of like it it had to happen. So I think it's money, like you said, for sure, but I also think what we're going through and what everybody's doing thing with Black Lives Matter and COVID and everything else, it's just all feeding into this change. So um, yeah, I, I think it's something we saw coming, and here we go. Now, an interesting side note to the story, this guy's pretty sharp, a realtor in Alexandria, Virginia, when rumors 
started surfacing about maybe Dan Snyder, the owner, is taking this seriously to change the nickname and logo. This realtor went out and secured trademarks for several of the new possible names. So he's doing what they call squatting. And Dan Snyder, the Redskins, the old name, they're going to have to pay probably some big bucks to get those trademarks from this gentleman in Alexandria. So that's part of the reason why the NFL team in D.C. didn't just announce, hey, we're retiring the old name. Here's the new name and logo because they're negotiating with this realtor and maybe some other people as far as getting that name, trademarking the name. You've got to go out and get the domain for your website. You've got to get the social media handles. You've got to have some logos and imaging. So, you know, it's not as easy as just flipping a switch, Greg. There's there's some legwork that goes into this too. Oh, yeah. And like with big entities, especially just so many little side stories like you just mentioned. Oh, it's not as easy as just flipping a switch and we have a whole new branding campaign. There's so much involved. And like, I mean, Washington Redskins are iconic and that logo is iconic and the jerseys and everything. It's a big undertaking. And uh, I'm curious to see how long it'll take before they get secured to the new name. Yeah, I'm curious to see how much the organization might have to pay the squatter to get the trademark (laughs) season tickets for life and several million dollars. Here you go. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. All right. The bubble life in Disney world is underway. And amidst the backdrop of 15,000 new COVID cases per day in Florida. So, It's an interesting scientific experiment that's going on in Florida right now. You've got NBA players, 322 of them. You've got uh, MLS players, and they're all inside of this bubble. NBA, MLS, totally separate campuses. They're not mingling. Um, But Griggs, we're seeing some of the stuff that's going on. One of my favorite new Twitter accounts is at NBA Bubble Life. So they're basically taking all of the content posted on NBA player social platforms and aggregating it, putting it out on Twitter and Instagram, and it's fantastic. I mean, we're seeing players going fishing, we're seeing golfing, we're seeing Dwight Howard show up at the pool for the DJ, and he's the only guy there. Uh, We're seeing players go take video of them getting tested on a daily basis. So that brings me to my next point. The NBA and the Players Association announced this week of the 322 players tested for COVID-19 since arriving on the NBA campus July 7th, only two have returned confirmed positive tests while in quarantine. So those players never cleared quarantine and have since left the campus to isolate at home or in isolation housing. So two out of 322, you can say, wow, that's really good, and it is. But then you also go, wait a minute. As soon as they arrived, they were in quarantine in their hotel. They weren't going anywhere, but they still had COVID. So did they bring it with them from home? How did they get COVID if they were only in their hotel room and eating airplane food the whole time? It's kind of... Interesting how that's happened. And then Griggs, Major League Soccer, they've had two teams have to withdraw. So first it was FC Dallas had to withdraw. And then after that, uh, Nashville SC 
had to withdraw from the MLS is back cup. So two teams have had to pull out of the MLS cup in Orlando. We saw the Toronto FC DC United match postponed because two players tested positive. So, you know, there's COVID in the bubble and it's going to be interesting to see, as we've said all along, what would shut down the bubble. Russell Westbrook, NBA star, he tested positive for COVID, but he never left his home base. He didn't travel to Orlando, and he's going to be quarantined until he is cleared. No word on how long it may take for him to recover and rejoin the Houston Rockets. But I would say he's the biggest star so far in the NBA that has gotten COVID. Yeah, totally. And it's just like we said last week, it's the ongoing story of seeing this change. And if people get COVID in the bubble, how do they handle it? How do they get them quarantined? How do they keep others from getting it? And it's just, a, it's such a moving story. It's changing every day. I mean, it, Twitter is fascinating right now, just between the posts from the players inside the bubble and the testing. It's, it's just, a, it's like a show 24 hours a day. Yeah, I want a reality show, like the bubble life. And, and you know, the NBA could be doing this. Major League Soccer could be doing this. You know, J.J. Reddick's doing his podcast from inside the bubble, NBA player. So there's some great content going on inside the bubble right now. And a lot of it we're seeing on social media. But man, if there were some reality shows around this, maybe there's some stuff the NBA and Major League Soccer don't want us to see. But uh, it would be interesting. And then, you know, the NBA, there's been the long alluded to snitch hotline. So... One player from the Sacramento Kings has already been busted for going out to the outskirts of the Disney World property to pick up his food from Postmates. So he's now got a quarantine for 10 days because he went to the edge of the property. I guess his little alarm went off. Maybe the snitch hotline was used. I don't know. But uh, he's back in his room for 10 days. So that's an expensive Postmates order for you, Griggs. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you're right. It's such a reality show. It feels like some like I just picture like the old Biodome movie where it's like they're all in this bubble and oh, you touch the corner. You're out. <laughs> yeah. And they even have at least for NBA guys, they have those little uh, if you come within six feet of someone, the little alarm starts beeping. But I don't know. I've seen guys playing cornhole. I've seen them on boats fishing. I've seen them golfing and they look like they're closer than six feet and the alarm isn't going off. So who knows? But it's going to be interesting with the bubble life. As we said on our show last week, it'll all start, but will it finish? And and that's what's going to be interesting to watch. All right. The NHL announced that it has chosen Edmonton and Toronto as the sites for their qualifier rounds through the second rounds of play. So they're going to Canada. They're getting out of the United States. There's less COVID cases in Canada. And the other thing that the NHL has done really well here, Griggs, is unlike the NBA and Major League Soccer, who announced they were going to Disney World in Orlando early, and I get that. There's planning and there's things that need to take place to prepare NHL held off as long as possible, and they went to two cities, Edmonton and Toronto, that don't have high COVID cases, and they are looking pretty good for that decision right now. Yeah, I think it's smart. And look, hockey is such a big Canadian fan base that, you know, and the teams, half the teams are up there at least, so that helps too. But I think it's smart. You know, they went kind of opposite of, like you said, NBA and MLS going to one of the more, you know, COVID-stricken areas, and they went up to Canada and going to try that. So I think, once again, NHL for the win so far. 
the more time you give yourself, the more options you may have on the table, and they gave themselves a lot of time. They've not announced the cities that they would go to after the second round. I wonder if there's any scenario where they just stay in Edmonton and Toronto, but I guess we'll find out. They also announced the ratification of a four-year collective bargaining agreement extension. Well done, NHL. It all happened behind closed doors, and uh, you know they've got their act together on a number of fronts, so... It's going to be interesting to see what play looks like for them and, you know, how quarantines go for them. And and that's going to be their bubble, but it's going to be in two different Canadian cities, Edmonton and Toronto. Griggs, college football, I've been saying for months, I just don't see how you play college football this season. You've got 85 guys on a roster. A few of them get COVID. It spreads throughout the team. They're living together because they're in college. They're in training facilities together. They're in locker rooms, planes. I just don't see how you pull it off. Well, guess what? The Big Ten and the Pac-12 announced this week they're playing a conference-only schedule. So no Oregon versus Ohio State, no USC versus Alabama. And on top of that, Griggs, 51 NCAA schools in the last week have cut or suspended 182 sports. This is including Stanford. They cut a number of Olympic sports. So, Griggs, as we've said for weeks here on this show, the college landscape is quickly changing. And we already lost college basketball and the revenues produced by March Madness. If you lose the college football season, you're losing the two biggest revenue drivers for your athletic department I don't know how the schools continue to function at the level that they have in the past unless you go into an endowment. A lot of schools don't have endowment. Many schools are saying they're going to do virtual learning for the fall. So if you're doing virtual learning, how do you have student athletes on campus? This is all unraveling pretty quickly, Griggs. Yep, it sure is. And uh, the scary thing is, too, is obviously no fans if they even play. And so much of the money these guys and universities make is through fans, you know, 70,000, 80,000, 60,000 people in a stadium every single week. So that's a big one, too. And this is one that we've been kind of, it's been looming and looming. And how is it going to look? How is it going to look? And now we're starting to see things change as it gets closer to that September kickoff. So Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger says a doctor advising conference commissioners told him COVID cases will have to plateau or fall nationally in order to have a college football season. Well, guess what? If you've looked at the numbers in Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, Louisiana, and other places, those numbers are not falling. If anything, they're as high as they've been since March. So it's just hard to imagine a college football season. Um, I guess we'll find out what lies ahead. All right, coming up, we've got a big announcement for the future of sports business radio. I'm not going to ruin it by uh, saying anything now, but when we come back, a big announcement. I'm very excited for it. It's really going to change the face of what we do in the future here on this show after 16 years. Stay tuned for that announcement. And then after that, Jeff Atanella, goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers of Major League Soccer. He's taking us inside the bubble at Disney World in Orlando. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. 
Mizzen in Maine is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenandMaine.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenandMaine.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Maine also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenandMaine.com. Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenandMaine.com, code SBR. Well, as promised on social media, teased a little bit. We have a big announcement here at Sports Business Radio. I am very excited to welcome Pat Capra, who is the president and CEO of Malka Sports, onto the show. You can find Malka Sports at malkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. They're on social media at Malka Sports. Pat, how are you? Awesome, Brian. What's going on? It is uh, an absolute pleasure to be on here. I feel like we've been talking about this for a few weeks, and it felt like it was so far off, and I <laughs> uh, can't believe we're here. So it's, it's great to be on, man. Thanks so much. Well, in a nutshell, Sports Business Radio and Malka Sports are going to be partnering on a number of different initiatives going forward. I'm super excited because I feel like for 16 years, we've had great conversations on this show. We have a very popular podcast around the world, but we've never quite had the muscle that I thought that we needed to do other things. And we're going to have that muscle now because we're going to be working with Malka Sports. Pat, maybe you can tell everyone a little bit about Malka Sports, your background. You already have some great podcasts under your umbrella. You have uh, Malka Media under your umbrella as well. Give our listeners a little bit of background on Malka. Yeah, so excited about one thing, Bright. No one's ever introduced me as the muscle. Um, so you so are the saying. muscle right now. <laughs> I don't think that's ever been, uh, you know, a, a, a verbal alignment there. But thanks so much, man. Yeah, look, we're equally as excited. You know, uh, Malka Sports, Malka Media, the, the Malka family um, joining on board here with Sports Business Radio. Uh, you know, we like to think of ourselves really as a hybrid agency, right? That is serving the the, the modern uh, athlete. And you know, there's three areas of, of business that we kind of focus on, which is talent representation, right? So that's everything from, you know, uh, athletes themselves and coaches, as well as a secondary uh, division, which is partnerships, brand partnerships, whether it's, you know, ad agencies, media properties, or brands directly. And then the third area is content creation. And those three areas of, you know, business really funnel into one another and help you support each other uh, really, really well. So, you know, whether it's working with athletes and developing, you know, content for them, uh, long form documentaries, or even other podcasts, et cetera, or even short form episodics. Um, as you mentioned, we're working with a number of, you know, what we refer to really as digital stacks, uh, video first podcasts that we like to break down to be able to share on social as well and are perfect for brand integration. Uh, but double coverage with the McCordy twins, fourth and forever with Mark Sanchez, uh, morning combat with Brian Campbell and Luke Thomas, Below the Belt, uh, All the Smoke, uh, Heal Thyself. We, we launched Stuffed with John Rothstein this past year, which was a great project that, you know, got interrupted by uh, COVID. And, you know, then we even get into some other spaces, you know, uh, with Gary Owen as a great comedian. It was a great podcast. And 
Wyclef Jean uh, is a show that we're going to be announcing, you know, very shortly. So we're super excited about what's happening behind the scenes. So, you know, the idea of adding sports business radio to that family, we're just really excited. We've, you know, long been fans of your work and your conversations um, and the, all the decision makers, you know, that you have on this show. So again, anything we can help, you know, kind of be a, a shot in the arm to what is already a great show. We're, we're equally as excited as you are, Brian. Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, feelings are mutual. You guys do great work. It's interesting. uh, Christy Rome introduced us. So I used to work with Christy a long time ago when we were both the Portland Trailblazers. And then Mark Sanchez came on Sports Business Radio and he and I have stayed in touch and he loves working with you guys. And you know, that means a lot when you see other athletes like the McCordy Twins and Mark Sanchez, quality people who really say wonderful things about Malka and the experiences that you they've had with you guys. It made me really excited to work with you. I, I see, you know, the great work you guys have done. You have content studios in New Jersey and in Santa Monica. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to do some great things together. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to do more sports business radio road shows. So I love getting out of the studio. I love sitting down with the guests like Jeannie Buss or David Stern or Mark Emmert in front of a live studio audience. I love being around mega events like college football playoff national championship. We're going to do more things together to get out of the studio a little bit more and not only bring those conversations with people on the front lines, owners, commissioners, athletes, but also maybe even give people a behind-the-scenes look as to how things come together. It's amazing, Pat. People love to see how the sausage is made, so to speak. And uh, I think we have that kind of access to be able to show people how the sausage is made and to be able to talk to the people who are making the sausage. So it's going to be interesting going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's you know what, this, what gets me excited is the idea that we're going to be creating new projects as well right so you know how can we help enhance what is currently being done by sports business radio with our you know malka team our production our creative teams our sales teams etc but at the same time this space there's so much white space to be able to create and storytell and you know to, to add value both to the listener you know who might be a, a an aspiring sports business professional or someone that's in the business of sports and wants to get smart as well, you know, um, and, and, and just to take a quick step back when, you know, we got introduced and, you know, Mark was requested to, to come on the show. That was one of the really, you know, introductory points where I started listening. And then I, I became more drawn to the show just because there's not a lot of really intelligent sports business conversation out there, right? We know what typical, uh, you know, sports radio is really kind of, uh, serves to the, the lowest common denominator of, of sports arguments and debates. Right. Um, but you know, I was looking for a vehicle where I could get smart and continue to learn. Right. I'm a, you know, I'm 42 years old now continuing, um, you know, to progress myself and how do I get better? What is the, where do I spend my time listening and reading? Right. You know, because between the time I'm, I'm working and the time I spent to my family, where am I improving? Where can I fill in that space? And, you know, listening to other people who have experience that I can learn from is, is an area that, you know, I always try to focus on. So that's why we were drawn to your show. And so then as we kind of spin it forward to, you know, where can we, you know, add additional value? Where can we create what's next? That behind the scenes is really, really fascinating to me as well. The making of all these events, right? You know, I, 
working in the business side of sports, I, you know, I worked for the Giants. I went to the Super Bowl. I worked for the Nets. I went to the NBA finals. You know, I've, you know, now working with athletes on this side of it and being at the combine and, and, you know, working with UFC fighters and going to major events, right? Like you always see these large scale events, but you know, all the amount of people that you see behind the scenes to make that execution work, um, is really fascinating to me. And so I think if we can, you know, put a spotlight on that making of, you know, like you said, how, how the sausage is made, just the amount of people that oftentimes, you know, go unspoken of or unheard of, but we're so integral to what you see on the final product. Um, I'm excited to, you know, bring that to people, both again, for younger aspiring professionals to say, wow, I didn't know that job existed. That sounds really cool. Maybe I should go in that direction and to professionals who are, you know, currently just looking for, you know, further education or information or building their network to be able to tell those stories of those folks. So I think it, you know, to me, that's one of the exciting areas of of the partnership. Well, and Pat, the stories are going to be so different post COVID, right? Like there's going to be a new normal. Things are going to look different. Events are going to be run differently. There's going to be new protocols. So I think for us, to be able to showcase some of those things is going to be really important for people because it's not going to be the same old, same old. Speaking of education, you have had the Sports Business Academy that you've run for a number of years. We're going to be teaming on that as well. Uh, There will be further details in the future about what that will look like specifically. But once again, I've taught at the collegiate level and it's great. But A, you know, I'm uh, only able to teach the people that are in that classroom. And B, some of the learnings that you get from some of the institutions, you know, you've been teaching out of the same textbook for 10 or 20 years. The learnings coming out of COVID, or are, they're going to be fresh and people are going to want fresh information. We're going to be able to deliver fresh information to not only people who work maybe at an entry or mid-level position in sports right now, but those who are in high school or college and are looking for careers in sports and maybe trying to focus in on what area they want to go in specifically, we're going to be able to bring those learnings from people that we have as guests on Sports Business Radio to our audience, and I'm really excited about that. Absolutely, Brian. As you talk about, you know, we're living through these unprecedented times like the rest of the world. You know, sports is finding itself, you know, trying to adapt to this new reality. And so, um, you know, Sports Business Radio has really been a trusted, you know, industry leader. Right. And so the idea of being able to align what you guys do with our Sports Business Academy, um, super excited about that as well. You know, the, the Sports Business Academy, we've run for the last eight years here in New Jersey, it's a physical event that we have, uh, Montclair State University, uh, originally was at Yogi Bear Museum Learning Center when we started it uh, years ago. And uh, it's now evolved. It's for high school and college students with an interest in the business of sports, right? It's appropriate for high school students because they get to learn about jobs they didn't even know existed, right? And then it's also appropriate for college students who are looking to build their network uh, as well. And, you know, whether it's internships or, or companies and jobs they want to apply for. So we brought in, 
you know, a ton of heavy hitters over the last eight years, um, you know, all focused on the business of sports from Brian Cashman and Ernie Accorsi on the GM level, uh, Gene Afterman, um, you know, with the, with the Yankees and, you know, Scott O'Neill has come in. So, I mean, we've just had a ton of major, major people, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, Jeremy Schaap, Kim Jones, uh, that have come through that have helped out these professionals. And the idea is in this COVID-19 world, transitioning that same sports business academy now to a virtual model, it really opens up nationally our, our lens, right? So whether you're a student, a high school or college, anywhere in the country, you could attend this event. And so uh, we'll have all the information, you know, sba.malkasports.com is the website if you want to check it out. Uh, but again, sba.malkasports.com. Um, it's going to be, you know, in mid-August. And the idea is, you know, not to knock, you know, like that, you know, you're, uh, academia, right? But the reality is you can't learn in a textbook what is happening right now. I mean, the negotiations going on with the NFL and the NFLPA is happening in real time and learning from people, you know, for example, like an Al Guido who you had on the show, you know, last month and what's happening right now is so important. What are sponsorships look like? What do you, you know, sales look like what, you know, what, what, what is game day operations? <laughs> that role is completely changed. So the idea of, of helping students uh, learn in real time is the most important thing. Cause like you said, this isn't going to appear in a textbook for, you know, for a couple of years. And so I need to figure out what's going on in three months from now, six months from now, if I'm trying to get a job in this industry, where are the opportunities, right? Even if you just look at, you know, from content, you know, virtual events are a major thing now, just like the, the sports business academy will be virtual. You know, people are taking fundraisers online. People are having, you know, um, major events now from a virtual standpoint. So is there more opportunities in the tech side that people should be getting into? Um, it's all fascinating. And those are the conversations that we're going to have. Where are the emerging jobs? You know, what should I be, you know, spending my energy and time and resources to uh, as a student to get into the business? No, I'm super excited about it. And I've always said, and this was part of our conversation, I feel like every time someone comes on Sports Business Radio with me, it's a master class of, of some sort, whether it's, you know, a team governor like Mark Cuban or Jeannie Buss or the late David Stern. Kathy Engelbert with the WNBA, even athletes talking about how they prepare, what they do business-wise, who they partner with. There's just so much to learn, and I feel like we're finally going to be able to maximize the content from these conversations the way I've always wanted to, and then to be able to develop other things like we've just discussed during this conversation. I'm just really excited about it, so thank you, Pat. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, you know, look, I think that people... You know, you really reveal what you're passionate about, what you're excited about with how you choose how to spend the time. Right. And certainly there is plenty of of, of time in my life where I've spent, you know, hours watching mindless you know, television. Um, <laughs> but as I've, I've you know, developed and continue to try and, you know, get smarter, it's how I choose those extra hours. You know, where's the podcast that I'm listening to on the way into work? If I'm going to a, for a run this morning, am I going to listen to something that's purely entertainment or do I, you know, listen to a guy like Andrew Brandt, who's, you know, a really smart, you know, uh, business of sports professional. Um, I'm going to run this morning, you know, what's his take, what's his update, right? So the idea that we can create content that is both entertaining, but also educational to a wide variety of, of people. The, you know, you had on, uh, 
on, on your show about a month ago, uh, a business professional who specializes in hiring of professional executives, whether it's in sports or out of sports. Carolyn Savini. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. I apologize for the name alluding me. But just in that conversation, she talked about remote hiring. You know, well, look, we've got studios in Santa Monica, California. We got an office in Jersey City, New Jersey, right? There's 80 people in Jersey City. Malka has another 20 at our, our offices in Santa Monica. And the idea that we have, you know, all of these employees, right? But we're continuing to try and hire. Well, is remote hiring now a possibility that we should be exploring, right? Is because Carolyn's point was a hey, someone in Oklahoma City who could be a graphic designer is going to be less expensive to hire than, you know, New York City, right? Because it's just very expensive to live in New York or in Santa Monica. So could the work be done remotely? So just the idea of how you spend your time, you know, your your additional hours, right, be, between work and family, how that extra space is filled in. If it's filled in with, you know, information is going to benefit you from a professional standpoint. Hopefully that's what, you know, we want to provide for people in the business of sports. It doesn't need to be dense. It doesn't need to be boring. There's so much exciting um, things that happen in this business. You want to get smart on. And so that's really what, you know, I, I want to try and provide for people as much as anything. Um, you know, the idea of working in the business of sports, I always wanted to have a job, right? That I loved. Um, long story short, my, you know, single parent family raised three, my mother raised three boys. And the idea was, you know, she would work two and three jobs and she was always exhausted, you know, when she would come home and she was always beaten up. She you know, was working at jobs that she hated or did not like per se. Right. Um, but it was providing a fan, you know, an income for her family. So for me, I always wanted to work in sports <laughs> quickly because I realized I wasn't athletic enough uh, <laughs> to achieve it like most of us. But the idea was I just wanted a job that I could love and be excited about. Right. And so um, that's really you know, tying back to the Sports Business Academy. That's what I would just want to be able to instill that inspiration, that excitement and young students that you can have a job that you love, right? You're not going to get rich overnight by any stretch work in the business of sports. But if part of your job and your excitement is attending games and going to, you know, sporting events, that's fun. And so again, you know, all this kind of ties in together with being able to create, um, you know, educational and entertaining content with you. Now, I think we have the same vision. Uh, I like that we both come from the team sports background. So, you know, I came from the NBA. You mentioned your background a few minutes ago with the teams that you've worked for. And now we're entrepreneurs and we're doing our own thing. And I think it's exciting to have a blank canvas and to create things. And you know, I love working with other people, whether it's Sports PR Summit or Sports Business Radio. And we're going to create some cool things here. So, Pat, I'm so excited to be joining the Molka family. Uh, I actually texted with uh, Mark Sanchez yesterday and told him I was joining the family, and he was very excited. So, uh, yeah, you have a, a great bunch of people that work with you and some tremendous athletes that work with you as well. And, you know, I'm just really excited about the partnership ahead. So let's do some great things together. Let, let's do it, man. And you know, that's, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's really what gets me going right is the team that we have here like you know and, and you know to to brag about you know our Malka team you know my partners Lewis Dan and Jeff you know been fantastic and really visionary on the the media side you know and what they've kind of built together and then we've you know plugged in our sports you know team into this you know larger machine I 
I get to work with our VP of talent, Kevin Malist, uh, who's on our team, who also was a former client of mine, right, you know, as a player, and now he's managing our talent. So being able to oversee a lot of that stuff, Julian Penix Hodricks, a former, you know, client of mine who's also working with us, and, you know, Julianne, who I've introduced you to, Masera, another former athlete, D1 Fairfield lacrosse. <laughs> but the idea is, is having these people that you want to go to work with every day and be excited about, and the idea that this team is also excited about all we have kind of a shared vision of where we think this can you know can go um and so again it's 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 really i, I know it kind of sounds like you know uh talking about ourselves a lot or, or the team but the idea is that you know we're going to create new things that people that are in this space are going to truly appreciate that's what what i'm excited about is i want to deliver value it's not about a press release or, or or just an announcement it's about what happens after the announcement the work that takes place so you know obviously welcome to the team we're excited to be aligned with you guys as well um and uh excited for the next steps man well that's the biggest thing that you just hit on that you know, people ask me about what gets me excited after 16 years of, of sports business radio. Obviously, the conversations that I have and the people that I talk to, and I'm just fascinated and curious. Um, but hearing from people who work in our industry, the C-level people, the team governors, the commissioners, the people who run these mega events that listen to this podcast and getting their feedback from them and saying, hey, I really learned a lot from that person that you had on this week. That's the highest compliment I can get is when, you know, someone who really is sharp at what they're doing, they're a pro at what they're doing, they learn something from listening to this podcast. And, you know, that's what we want to keep doing and, and do it in other forms, like we've said, with uh, the road shows and, and some other exciting projects that we're going to be working on. Yeah, I look, I, I ran, you know, my own business um, I left, you know, the Giants when I was you know, 23 years old and started, you know, my company, um, which was at the time Lunar Sports Group, right? And I took a job working with the Nets and I built the company up at night on weekends. It was called Lunar Sports Group because I was moonlighting, right? And so, you know, doing my own thing for so long, right, and and running my own agency, you know, it was such a shot in the arm when after years of uh, quote unquote dating, you know, Lunar Sports and, and, and Malka Media. We decided to get married and launch Malka Sports and, you know, have this larger team there. You know, um, it was such a shot in the arm for me personally and professionally. But the idea of uh, there's a great quote, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, and that's really what this is all about. Right. The idea is you've been on this journey, been creating great content. You know, now we get to align and one plus one equals three, hopefully, or, or even greater than that. So, um you know, I think the idea of aligning with the right partners, right, to have shared mission, shared values are super important, right? And then resources. Um, you know, our team has a ton of resources that we're excited to, again, you know, combine all this creative, you know, pool of talent to, to put together some really excited stuff. So, um, like I said, super fired up and appreciate, you know, you having me on today for a little conversation. Pat Capra, the president and CEO of Molka Sports. Learn more about them at molkasports.com. They're on Twitter at Molka Sports. Pat, I'm so excited about what's ahead. Thank you so much for believing in us, and uh, we believe in you, and, and I think great things lie ahead. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much, Bright, and uh, looking forward to what's next. I think we uh, ran out of it. we got to go for some synonyms for excited. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate the time, bro. I'll be listening for sure. 
Coming up next, Jeff Attenella, goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers of Major League Soccer. He's going to take us inside the bubble at Disney World in Orlando. I think you'll find this conversation very interesting. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm thrilled to tell you about a new Sports Business Radio partner who's going to help you and whose products have been life-changing for me and my family. CBDMD is now the official CBD partner of Sports Business Radio. Many people use CBD products as a regular part of their health and wellness routines, but only the best use superior products from CBDMD. CBDMD has a wide variety of CBD oil products ranging from classic CBD oil tinctures to topicals, gummies, heck, they even have CBD for your pets. From NFL veterans like Nate Burleson and future Hall of Famer Steve Smith Sr. to two-time Masters champion Bubba Watson, CBDMD is tested and trusted by people who know pain. And the best part? All CBDMD products are THC-free. That was important for me. Third-party tested and backed by a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. Look, these are anxious times for many of us right now. We're not sleeping nearly as well. I tried CBDMD's award-winning CBD PM drops, and I now sleep through the night. My daughter loves CBDMD's Revive Moisturizing Lotion and the CBDMD Freeze Pain Roller for her aches and pains from playing sports. And our dog loves the CBDMD Soft Shoes. And because the products are all THC-free, CBDMD is safe for our family. Dozens of companies have sent me CBD product to try over the years, but none come close to the superior quality of CBDMD. Sleep better, relieve your aches and pains, give your pets treats that they will love. And to make it even easier to see what CBD can do for you, CBDMD is offering all of our listeners 25% off your order when you use the promo code SBR at checkout. Once again, go to cbdmd.com and use promo code SBR at checkout to save 25% on your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Again, cbdmd.com. Use the promo code SBR at checkout and save 25%. Thank me later. My guest is Jeff Atnella. He is the goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers of Major League Soccer. He is the host of his own podcast, the J to Z podcast. You can find that on iTunes. He's a children's book author, founder of the publishing company It Had to Be Told. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Atnella one. He's joining us from inside the MLS bubble at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Jeff, how are you? Thanks for joining me. I'm good. I'm good. As you said, I'm inside uh, living this bubble life. So I appreciate uh, I appreciate you wanting to speak to me. It should be fun. Yeah, I, I want our listeners to get a glimpse of life inside the bubble. We've seen a lot on social media. And, you know, like we said, you have a podcast and I know you're talking about it there. But just let's start with the basics. You're at Disney World. I'm assuming you're in your own room. You're by yourself. You don't have a roommate. Give us a glimpse of like your setup there at Disney World. For me personally, I got I got pretty lucky. I think uh, being a veteran, I got a nice a nice little accommodation setup. So I have a king size bed, TV, a little couch, a little desk, a little workspace, and you know the standard uh, hotel bathroom and closet. So you know it's everything's pretty standard as far as the hotel rooms go and. 
Uh, we, like you said, we have our own room, so that's been nice to, to kind of have our own space to call our own here. And, and the Timbers and every team has their own designated floor. So, you know, as far as, as far as the Timbers are concerned, we're, we're up in our floor most of the time. And, you know, you're either playing ping pong or you're hanging out in your room, kind of just doing your own thing. Did you bring anything into the bubble with you? I'm seeing again on social media, you know, everyone from bringing their own flat screen TV to gaming consoles to panini makers. I mean, all kinds of things. Wine. Did you bring anything with you into the bubble? Yeah, I did. I I was over I was over prepared for sure because, you know, I have a family at home, so during this whole quarantine, I've been, you know, pretty preoccupied uh, you know, living the family dad life. So so I brought a bunch of books that I've been diving into. Pretty funny. I'm not a big video game guy, but I brought my my PlayStation 3 from college with all my games from like 2010. <laughs> Some classics. So I'm not, yeah, so I'm not quite I'm not quite up to speed in the uh, video gaming world, but no, I mean I brought books. I brought I brought my PS3. I brought you know of course you know I had to bring a couple cans of uh, that to go wine, but I mean besides that it's just you know watching a lot of TV, diving into these books and just trying to stay up, uh, stay up with what's going on outside of the bubble. What's a typical day look like for you? I know match days are different than training days, but are you being COVID tested first thing in the morning? Again, on social media, I've seen, you know, some of the athletes, mainly NBA guys, you know, here's what the CDC center looks like at Disney world. And what is your process like each day? For us, I think we've been getting tested pretty much every other day. So, and the testing times, the testing times just kind of vary based off of what your schedule is for that day. So like this morning, for example, we had a test uh, first thing in the morning. So we woke up, the whole team got together, went down and got our test. And the testing center is huge. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty much one of those big banquet halls that these hotels have. And they have setups everywhere where you just check in. There's tons of nurses waiting there. You do your swab and then you're out the door. So today we did we did testing, uh, team breakfast in the morning, and then just depending on the day, we'll either have you know a little bit of downtime till we train at night, or we'll have a gym session and and lunch mixed in. So the Timbers are definitely keeping us busy as far as you know filling up time in the day with the gym and you know the different team meals and the testing and all that. So even though a lot of people thought it'd be really boring just kind of sitting in your hotel room all the time. I think with all the strict scheduling that needs to go on with the MLS to make sure that teams aren't crossing paths and everything is is working up to protocol, that it keeps us all pretty busy throughout the day. How's the COVID test? I've seen videos. I have not had one done. Is it as bad as they say or, or not too bad? The first few times it was a little alarming uh, just because, you know, and, and the test kind of varies. Sometimes the tests go you go one nostril and you're going, you know, it feels like all the way back to the back of your throat. Hmm. So that one, that one is pretty unpleasant, but the ones that we're doing down here, it's, it's about halfway with that and it's both nostrils. So it's not too bad. I mean, it's, it's, you're not used to jamming things up your nose. So if you're not used to it, it definitely alarms you a little bit, but to be honest, I haven't found it to be too bad. So training, you know, I saw when you guys were in Portland, you're doing spaced out training, no contact, all of that stuff. Now that you're in Orlando, is it training as usual or is it still very cautious training? No, we're training. We're training full go. So we've been training full go for the last month or so. And then, you know, we we get off the bus. Everybody's spaced out on the bus just because it's in an enclosed area. 
and then we wear our mask out to the field. And then it's kind of, you know, once the mask comes off, things are kind of back to normal where everything's full go. And, you know, there's no there's no really restrictions put in place. Now, I've been to Disney World many times and I know it's just an enormous campus. But, you know, Disney World reopened this weekend. NBA players are now on campus. But I'm assuming that you're isolated. You're not seeing any of that, right? No, we haven't seen it. I've been watching on I've been watching on Twitter and Instagram the NBA guys uh, catching fish and, right. <laughs> and, and having the dock. So I wish we had one of those, but unfortunately we don't. So we're just kind of in our own space here at the at the Dolphin and Swan, and and it's pretty secluded from everything going on around us. One of my favorite new Twitter accounts is at NBA Bubble Life, and they basically aggregate all the NBA content from inside the bubble over the course of the day. I don't know if you're following that, but we need an MLS Bubble Life. Can you help make that happen? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the guy for it, but I'm surprised, somebody, uh, I'm surprised nobody's taken advantage of that yet, or I'm sure somebody has. We'll just have to track them down. Yeah. I, I mean, and I guess MLS guys don't post as much as the NBA guys do. But I feel like since the NBA guys got in the bubble, you know, I'm seeing guys, uh, you know, they're DJing. Uh, Udonis Haslam had like a huge Samsung TV delivered to his room because his TV in his room wasn't big enough. So he has his own TV. We're seeing people cooking. It's just funny the amount of content that some of the athletes put out. No, I mean, the the NBA is a different animal as well. So, you know, I think we have it. We have a pretty good setup here for sure, but... I think, uh, I, you know, as far as the NBA bubble is concerned, I think that theirs is probably a little bit more lively than ours. <laughs> now, I want to ask you about the workers there, because this has been a big point of, I guess, concern for some, is that the players would be in the bubble, but you'd be mingling with Disney workers and people who are serving food and, you know, people who are going inside and outside the bubble. How many people do you see who are kind of out t- outside of your contingent on a regular basis? You know, it's not, it's not as scary as everybody uh, was kind of led to believe. I think it's, you know, we have, we have the people that serve our meals and they've, they've, it's been the same two people the whole time. So there's consistency there. You know, our bus drivers have been the same the whole time since mm-hmm. we got off the plane, since we got off the plane from Portland. And then, you know, as far as, interacting with hotel staff, uh, nobody's doing it. You know, we know that we know that the rules are in place so that, you know, hotel staff will be here for, you know, cleaning purposes, making things are sanitized and, and to do their jobs while following a certain protocol that's been put in place. So as far as mingling with, you know, people that are going in and out of the bubble, it really, at least from what I can tell, it hasn't been happening um, outside of the few people that you see, every day and those people haven't changed so there's some there's some good security in knowing that you know you're you're only interacting with the same people each time you're in and out of one of these uh, situations right um we've seen fc dallas and nashville sc have to withdraw today toronto and dc united had to postpone do you guys sit around and talk about these types of things or is it just like hey we're gonna do what we do and and we'll be out there and i guess face any consequences that happen no, I mean, of, of course we talk about it. It's, uh, you know, everybody's talking about it. It's, it's part of the return to sports process. And, you know, in a way it's all a pretty big experiment, right? So the way that I'm looking at it is there's no perfect return to sports. You know, this is so unique and this is just such a different situation that 
nobody in our lifetime has had to experience when it comes to, you know, what the world that's going on around us with COVID-19 and, and trying to keep people safe and return to sports. So of course we're talking about it. Of course there's, you know, that little bit of anxious feeling that, you know, we don't, we don't want to be in this bubble and get sick. But at the same time, I think that everybody knows the risk of returning to sports. And if we're in a situation where we're, you know, getting back to life with COVID-19 in the air, you know, for lack of a better term, these are the types of things that are going to happen. And I think that we're aware of that. Of course, you know, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking because it's different. But if you really take a step back and look at everything that's happened this year, the world is changing and, and things are really different right now. And I think sports are, you know, sports aren't, you know, aren't immune to that, aren't immune to the difference, aren't immune to, you know, people getting sick. And hopefully, you know, the protocols in place uh, will be successful in the long haul and we can make sure that this tournament comes off. But of course, you know, it's something that's being talked about because, you know, just like everyone else in the world, it's kind of on the forefront of everybody's minds. Yeah, and the elephant in the room is, so yesterday, 15,000-plus cases of COVID in Florida. So, you know, you're in the hottest spot in the world for COVID right now. And, and you know, I totally get that MLS and the NBA planned to go to Florida long before Florida became a hot spot. But it is what it is now, and it's just kind of a, a perfect storm of circumstances. I would imagine that's a point of discussion too, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think leading into it because you hear all the stories coming out of Florida and, you know, myself, I'm a Florida guy. I have tons of family and friend down here, friends down here. So so for me, it's been something that I've been following very closely because I'm scared for my, you know, for my family. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I think that once we got to the bubble, the concerns of what's going on around us don't really haven't really come into play, at least for me. Like I can only speak for myself and we feel so separated from you know, society in a way that what's going on inside this bubble clearly isn't what's going on in Florida. Like the bubble just happens to be placed in, (laughs) in the center of the epicenter. Right. Not, you know what I mean? It's not like we're not going around the streets of Orlando. We're not going to restaurants. We're not, you know, going out to where things are getting really bad. We have this secure bubble. We have this protocol in place. And for me, what's going on in Florida doesn't really seem to be affecting what's going on inside the bubble. And of course, I can only speak for myself in that. Right. No, I totally understand. I've been to Florida this time of year. Wow. It is humid. You're from there. Like you said, you're from Clearwater. But are other players getting there and going, oh, my gosh, this is really humid? (laughs) (laughs) Well, fortunately, you know, I'm I'm a goalie, so I don't have to run around as much as some of these other guys. But it is. I mean, it's a. It's a, it's a humid place. It's hot in the summer. There's a lot of thunderstorms. And, but like I said, you know, these are just different factors that, that are coming in play in this tournament. And, you know, but I also think that that's kind of what makes this tournament is exciting is that it's anything but normal. So that means, you know, pretty much any team can come in here and win because it's not, it's not normal circumstances. It's not your normal home games. It's not the normal climate that you play these games in all the time. So I think it's just another element that's added to, you know, the play and at the end of the day, the excitement of figuring out who's going to win this thing. Yeah, I think that is an interesting, you know, unpredictability that goes along with the unpredictability of of COVID. But, you know, who came into this thing in good shape? 
who was able to train during the quarantine. And you're right, anyone could win this thing. So it probably does make it a little bit more exciting for everyone coming in and, and just knowing that, you know, it's all up for grabs. Yeah, and I think that that's the case with all sports, honestly. Like, you know, you see all these people ranking teams and and basing things off of how things were four and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many factors that are going into sports that, you know, if all these leagues and all these seasons are able to come off the way that we're hoping, I truly think that the winners are going to be, you know, the team that prepared the best during the quarantine, maybe the team that's in the best mental state while they're in this unique situation. It might not necessarily be the teams on paper that should be, you know, beating everybody if things are normal, which I think adds to the excitement. Yeah, and the teams that stay healthy, right? I mean, there's there's going to be luck involved with avoiding COVID, but then also, you know, you're a world-class athlete. When you have any kind of a layoff and you come back, there's always the risk of, of injury at the beginning. Right, right. And, th- and that there's just so many... Like you, like, you know, I try to stay engaged in the sports world. I'm so interested in, you know, sports media and kind of being uh, somebody that is be able to engage people in all different sports because that's truly one of my passions. And one of the things you keep seeing is, you know, oh, how could this person get injured or this person's already injured? Man, like, what was that athlete doing? So I think it's important for just fans to understand that, you know, just because sports are back doesn't mean that it's a normal circumstance for us either. Like you said, it's... You know, I spent three months, you know, in my house with my family trying to get workouts in when I could. But, you know, we had a newborn and a toddler that needed attention. And, you know, you do your best you can to stay in shape. But these are all human things that all the athletes were dealing with. So to come back and expect, you know, everybody to be healthy and to be up to that world class standard that they're normally used to playing at. You know, it's a big ask. So I think it just has an interesting element that fans should be aware of as sports are starting to come back. No, I, I completely agree. What did you try and do with two young ones at home to stay in shape? I mean, you know, I've talked to athletes who have said I had to fill water bottles and use those as weights. Other people had world-class gyms set up in their house. It really it really varies. Yeah, I mean, the Timbers did a good job of keeping us with stuff that we needed. They sent in exercise bikes and, and things like that. But for me, it was, you know, you try to get you try to get work in when the kids are taking a nap or when you have that energy to, you know, get a little bit of exercise in and you try to do the workouts that the team sent you. For me, I pretty much spread it out throughout my entire day, whether it was, you know, getting a set in in the morning and then finding an opportunity in the afternoon and then one at night to to make sure you get it all done. So it was anything but normal. But at the same time, we knew that it was our job to do our best to come back in the best shape that we could given the circumstances. So you know, for me, I just uh, I stuck to my garage and did did the workouts as best I could when I had the opportunities. I want to go back to talking about Orlando for a minute. You're playing in front of no fans. And again, you're not the only ones doing this. Everyone's playing in front of no fans right now in the United States. Has that really sunk in yet? I mean, I know you haven't had a match yet, but that's got to be so different. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, our first our first match, we haven't had it yet and we haven't had to experience it yet. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and what it feels like. I think, you know, in terms of not playing in front of many fans or any fans at all, really the only time you might do that is during preseason. But even then, you know, usually there are fans that turn up in, in some way, shape or form. So it's something different that, 
will def- definitely add to the elements. You know, when you need that little boost from the fans, there was not anybody in the stands. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it would just be interesting. Like, like you're saying, it's all some, it's all this big experiment that us as athletes are trying to figure it out just as best as everybody else is. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's our job to perform when we're on the field. And, you know, whether there's fans in the stands or not, I think everybody will be up to performing, but it'll definitely be a, uh, it's different, man. It's just, it's just very different. <laughs> I'm interested in media access, obviously. Um, how are they doing that? Are you doing more things like this? Are you doing more zooms? Are you having a microphone that's on a six foot boom? So you're six feet away. How are you doing interviews during this time? You know, it's been a lot of, uh, I haven't had too many to do myself, but it's been a lot of, you know, six feet apart camera interviewer and just kind of get a nice little setup back at the hotel and I've seen a lot of different interviews that are done via Zoom calls as well. So it's not traditional, but I think it's pretty much just, uh, you know, kind of the same that it was during quarantine where you're utilizing the, the six feet apart and you're really using the Zoom, you know, as a way to get different people on the call and get all the questions answered as safe as we can. Yeah. Um, a few more things. You have a children's publishing company. We've talked about this when you've been on before. It had to be told. I saw that you donated a thousand books to children in Chicago in May. Well done, my friend. That's great. Uh, what led you to want to do that? Thank you. Yeah, we we sent the books to Cranes the Crayons, which is you know it's an organization that that makes sure that kids are getting the necessities that need them. And for us, it's something that my family has wanted to do with our company for a really long time. We've been, you know, obviously it's been a lot of fun to to start our own business and, you know, explore the world of being entrepreneurs and, the, you know, the learning lessons that you learn from the business world. But at the same time, you know, when you're thinking about children's books and, and truly what makes our books unique, it's sharing stories that we feel like can relate to kids that might not be very interested in reading. So for us, you know, when the schools were being canceled and there's no sports going on in the world, we really thought about as a family, what's a good way that we can give back to kids that are missing those things? Because for me, I knew that, you know, when I was their age or when I was at an age that I was going to school every day with my friends, it was all about, you know, playing sports, going out and playing sports and going to school and learning. And when those when those things were taken away, you know, our family and it had to be told, we just kind of thought to ourselves, what are different ways that we could try to make a positive impact during this time? And, you know, the idea of donating, you know, a sizable amount of books to that area was one of the things that that stuck out. And, you know, we're really fortunate that we're in a position to be able to do something like that. And, you know, we're we're excited to, to make more donations. And, you know, hopefully we have a few more that we're getting ironed out coming down the pipeline, too. So it's just an it, it was just an opportunity for us to give back and try to make a little bit of a difference for you know, people in that area who we really thought would enjoy the books and, and, and appreciate, you know, having a book for their own. No, it's fantastic. Uh, your J to Z podcast that you co-host with now Houston Dynamo player, Zarek Valentin. Uh, you guys have always had fun with that. You used to be teammates with the Timbers, but you know, again, you have an interesting perspective right now, both of you inside of the bubble. I would imagine that that podcast is going to have quite a bit of interest. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we, we put out a, we put out a tweet to try to canvas, you know, what people 
are looking for when they're looking for information. And, you know, for Zarek and I, we do the podcast because we just have a lot of fun doing it. You know, we're two, we're two really close friends that, you know, like to talk about real life things on that podcast and talk about our real, you know, our real lives and kind of what it's like being an athlete, but also, you know, from the human side. So we're excited to do this inside the bubble podcast. We thought, you know, before we came down here, we thought we'd be able to do it uh, in person, but you know, we want to stick to the protocol. So we'll be doing another zoom one with each other, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited to hear his perspective on it because he's in the, he's in the swan and I'm in the dolphin. So I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to, I'm excited to see if things are different over there because we haven't really crossed hotels yet. And it should be a fun, uh, hope it'll be a fun episode that, you know, people are interested in hearing about and we'll get a little bit more real about it than, you know, than you hear in the media. Yeah, definitely. I think it's great to have that first person perspective. So the Swan, the Dolphin, how many different hotels are there in the MLS bubble? Uh, just the two. Okay. Just the two, but they're, they're huge, man. I mean, it's Disney. It's Disney. Right. So, you know, things are, you know, things are big and there's some common ground in between. There's some beaches and some and you know some pools and things like that so we're all connected in one way or another but people are definitely sticking to their hotels so i haven't i haven't experienced the swan lifestyle yet <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're dolphin team dolphin yeah i'm a dolphin guy so do you i mean you mentioned earlier ping pong you're mainly staying in your room but do you ever like just go for a stroll and and see what's going on again i know it's all inside the bubble but yeah, I'm looking at the NBA guys that are playing cornhole, they're fishing, they're going to the DJ booth. It seems like they're kind of active inside their bubble. Yeah, I don't think that we're as active over here. I think, um, you know, as you said earlier, there were, you know, we unfortunately we had a couple teams that, that came down with this. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, once, you know, I'm hopeful that the NBA bubble is able to keep it out because kind of once it came inside, I think it, it, it kind of put everybody on high alert to, you know, make sure that you're taking every precaution that you can to stick to your team and kind of keep your distance from from people that, you know, you're not really sure who they've been interacting with or where they've been. So so as I said, you know, our bubble isn't isn't quite as active as the NBA guys, but myself, you know, I like to I like to take long walks around around the campus because it's nice. You know, it's Florida. There's beaches, there's pools, there's, you know, big palm trees and things like that. And I miss that, you know, I'm from here. So those are things that I miss. So I've been enjoying, uh, just going out, turning on some music and going for some walks around the little bubble. But outside of that, like you said, man, it's just been hotel room team and the occasional trip to the, uh, the team lounge, which, you know, has various games and whatnot, but that's all I'm doing pretty much. Well, there's gotta be some peer pressure, whether it's spoken or unspoken, I would imagine. And, you know, there's some control over getting this and there's some, you know, just out of your control. But if you're the player that brings this into your locker room and your team gets sick and they have to withdraw like FC Dallas or Nashville SC, you're probably going to get some some dirty looks at the very least, right? Like I would imagine everyone has all the incentive in the world to try and not get COVID so your team can make it through healthy. Yeah, of course. And I think that too, you know, you think about, of course, you want to, you want to think that for the tournament, for the sake of getting games played. But, you know, I'm a guy with, I'm a guy that has kids and a family at home. Mm. So, you know, there's an important factor that goes into it too, that you don't want to put anybody's health at jeopardy. You know, you don't want to risk, you don't want to risk somebody getting sick, 
not only for the sake of your team, but for the sake of their families, for the sake of the person. So, you know, it's just kind of on everybody inside the bubble to follow the protocols, to be as safe and be on top of it as you could possibly be. And even though, you know, I'm spending more time in my actual hotel room than I thought I would, it's, you know, it's a very, very small sacrifice that, that I can do to make sure that I'm staying healthy, not only for myself and my family, but, you know, for my teammates and their family, for the guys in the league and their families. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of really big picture thinking. And, you know, it's different for athletes because normally we're, we're geared to think about ourselves a little bit more than, than we probably should be. But, you know, right now we're thinking about the league. We're thinking about the players inside the league and everybody's families. So it's important to do everything you can to make sure that you're staying healthy the best that you possibly can. That's a really interesting point with the family. You know, I wonder, like, you know, when you come back to Portland and you see your family again, is there a quarantine needed before you see them? For instance, you know, this has nothing to do with anything, but my next door neighbor is a pilot and he has to fly as part of his job. But when he comes home, his family wants him to quarantine. You know, they don't, he's been on a plane. They don't want him coming back into the house until he's quarantined for a certain amount of time. Is that a conversation that you've had with your family or other people discussing that with their families? Not that I know of. I know that we're, we're very lucky in Portland. Portland is a very, you know, the organization is very family focused. You know, when things are normal and you have the kids running onto the field and, Mm -hmm. you know, family, family with this organization is something that is, you know, not only appreciated, but almost celebrated in a way. So I know that, Internally, as a team, we've been talking about making sure that, you know, when we eventually do leave this bubble, that we're leaving it in the safest way possible and that we're returning to our families 100 percent sure that everybody's healthy. So I know that that's something that we've talked about internally as a team within our own organization. But, you know, as far as protocol leaving the bubble um, on the league level is concerned, that I'm not entirely sure of that. I don't I don't know that protocol. I don't know that process or if there is one. But. It's definitely something that within our own organization we've we've talked about and thought about a lot and making sure that we're doing it the right way. I would imagine this entire experience brings teams together so they're closer because you're you're in a bubble with your teammates. You're in a very isolated scenario with your teammates. This is a time in our lives where we'll probably look back 10 years from now and go, oh, my gosh, remember 2020 when COVID hit and we were in the bubble and things were not normal at all. Don't you think that's going to be the case? I do. I mean, I'm seeing it, you know, I, like I said, I can only speak for myself, but for myself personally, I'm seeing it very firsthand. It's, um, you know, you spent however many months locked up in our houses and, and, you know, kind of afraid to go outside that the moments that you're getting to spend on the field mean that much more. The moments that you're, you know, at a team meal where normally it's kind of in your back of your mind, you're like, all right, do I still need to be sitting at this team meal? you're you're sitting there a little bit longer and enjoying your time and that that face-to-face interaction with your teammates that you may have taken for granted before and you know it's more uh you're sticking to your teams inside the bubble you're really trying to only interact with your team so you kind of get that feeling of you know it's us versus the world in here and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna work for you because i know that on and off the field whether it comes to you not going to talk to your friend that you want to go talk to or, you know, anything that's going on inside the bubble, I know that you're doing what you can to keep me safe. And, you know, I'm going to do the same thing for you. So it's a level of respect that, you know, might not normally be there. 
And it's a level of, you know, appreciation for your teammate that might not normally be there if it was any normal year. So for me, I'm experiencing that definitely firsthand. It's been a lot of fun to get to know guys that, you know, I might not have gotten to know if circumstances were different. So that's the way I'm looking at it. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a mindset change for me that is helping me get through this particular situation. And, you know, I think a lot of guys might look at this as kind of a drag being stuck in this hotel, but for me, like I said, I'm just trying to enjoy it the best that I can and, and take these, take these moments and all the things that have happened for 20, during 2020 and, you know, really reflect on what's important. And I think building these bonds with these teammates is something that it has been very unique and special that normally wouldn't happen. Yeah. Before I let you go, a few more uh, questions. One, so like I mentioned earlier, you're a Clearwater, a Florida native. You played your collegiate soccer at University of South Florida. I know you've been pretty excited on Twitter about Tom Brady coming to your Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, wow. That, that was, did you see that coming? You know, I actually did. Not that I saw it coming, but I floated it out there. I floated it out there pretty, uh, pretty late in the NFL season last year once the Patriots season was over. I floated out the idea, and then I kind of let it start growing in my head the more and more the offseason went on. And then when it actually happened, you know, obviously it was uh, just a reaction of pure excitement. But, no, I mean, for him to come down to Tampa, I think that we have all the all the weapons on offense. Hopefully our O-line can protect him. I think that'll be interesting. But we have all these weapons, man. We got We have the most important player in NFL history on our team. So it's been fun. It's been a fun change for us Bucks fans to – you know, kind of be the focal point of the league for a change for something that's actually really positive. <laughs> well, and that's got to put quite a charge into the fan base, right? Because not only do you get Brady, you get Gronk, you know, Bruce Arians is a, is a really charismatic coach. Uh, I just think it's it's great for Tampa. Yeah, it's been awesome. And the Super Bowl, you know, we host the Super Bowl this year. That's right. You know, f- fingers crossed everything comes off the way that you know, hopefully the NFL can come up with something so that games are played and there's a Super Bowl. So, you know, I think it has all the all the makings for what should be a pretty good year to be a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. So, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, but you know, I always think the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl every year. So this year, I actually have a a lineup and a, I have a lineup and a quarterback that kind of backs that up. So I'm pretty excited about it. Well, and in the history of the NFL, no home team has ever played in the Super Bowl that they've hosted. So this would be the first time ever that a team has made it to the Super Bowl in in the host city. So that's in play now. Just another, just another record, or just another thing that Tom Brady can stamp his name to. Yeah, that's, I hope I hope he's looking at it the same way. <laughs> Do you watch? So he's been getting a little bit of flack for doing workouts and and you know maybe not social distancing enough and and things like that. But if you're him, and and look, safety is the number one issue here. I I totally understand. I don't want to get grilled by my audience here but if you're him he's such a a workaholic and he's trying to learn a new system and he's trying to build timing and chemistry with his teammates i can kind of see how he's doing it it's probably up to someone to say hey you might not need to do that as much yeah i'm not sure i mean i think that you know it's sports and if sports are going to come back guys need to be ready to to perform at a level that they feel comfortable for their own health and you know, if these guys are, are being tested and they feel comfortable working out with one another, who am I, who am I to tell them not to, you know, it's uh, you know, that's not, that's not a decision that I make, but 
at the same time, I'm pretty happy to see him going out there working with his receivers at a high school that I actually used to, you know, train at myself sometimes. <laughs> so for me, it's cool. It's cool to see that happening just because I'm so familiar with, you know, the city and, and, you know, that's my home and that's a field that I, that I've played at as well. So for me, that whole, you know, the Tampa, the Tampa vibe with Tom Brady playing at that field is pretty cool for me to watch. Hopefully everyone's being safe and, but you know, I'm also glad that they're getting the timing down. <laughs> My last question for you, and I know you and I have talked about this offline before, and I like to ask this to athletes on this show, but you're probably closer to the end of your career than the beginning. I know you've always been very good about talking about or thinking about what's next, whether it's your children's publishing company, the book publishing company, your podcast. When it's all said and done and you hang up your cleats, what are the things you want to spend your time doing? You know, I know know that you know, the likelihood of me moving back to Tampa and, and setting up shop in Tampa are really good. You know, that's my home, uh, my wife's, my wife's home as well. So for me, you know, I want to be involved in Tampa and that community and especially trying to find a way to be involved in the sports world. Not, you know, not necessarily just soccer, but kind of having, kind of having my, you know, my hand in each, each little sports team and each little sports pocket that they have down there in Tampa whether that's, you know, being in the media or being in community relations or, you know, being a part of, you know, the Tampa Sports Council Council, Council that they have down there. I haven't quite ironed it out yet, um, you know, what exactly my dream job is, but I'm just doing the best I can to, to connect in the city of Tampa, to stay engaged, you know, with my home community and especially in the sports world so that hopefully once I'm done playing, you know, an opportunity and the right opportunity will kind of present itself. And, you know, it'll be kind of a seamless transition for me as I'm, you know, making the switch from being on the field to, you know, either getting behind a desk or or changing, you know, changing my career path a little bit. Yeah, I'll say that I've gotten to know Jeff pretty well over the last few years. And and you've done a terrific job of building relationships now, of asking the right questions, of kind of doing your homework. And like I said, the children's book publishing company, the podcast, you're kind of laying the groundwork for the next chapter because – the truth is, Jeff, you're still very young when you hang up the cleats and you've got a lot of life left in front of you. But I think you've done a really good job with laying that groundwork. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, it's something that, you know, we're not really taught about it as athletes. Maybe that's a, a college curriculum that could come about for, for different athletes or maybe that's something that they have now. But, you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can to make sure that whenever I'm done playing that I'm set up and I'm, and I'm ready for that. For that next stage because I know that you know I have a lot of friends and I know a lot of people that it's kind of taken by surprise and it's taken them a little while to you know get their feet underneath of them once you know once the cleats come off so I'm just trying to do the best I can to stay proactive and and stay involved in the things that I really love to do so that I can you know hopefully transition from one love of playing on the field to you know really enjoying and loving the next you know my next phase of life when I'm off the field as well. Jeff Atnella, the goalkeeper for the Portland Timbers of Major League Soccer, host of the J to Z podcast on iTunes, children's book author, founder of the publishing company It Had to Be Told. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Atnella1. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us from inside the MLS bubble, giving us a glimpse of bubble life, and uh, you know, just fascinated to hear during this unprecedented time, kind of how this is all unfolding. There was, you know, the months of speculation and what is it going to look like? And, 
you know, when is it going to take place and what are the protocols going to be? And to hear from you firsthand, someone who's inside the bubble, I really appreciate it. No, no worries, man. I appreciate you having me on. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Nearly 20 years ago, Boingo dreamed of a world where people could connect to the wireless internet anywhere with any device. Today, that dream is reality and Boingo has been at the forefront. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most. Boingo keeps people connected to the people and things they love with next-generation networks built for the 5G era. They are the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., and they work with sports teams across the NFL, NBA, MLS, NCAA, and more. From 5G and CBRS to DAS and Wi-Fi, Boingo is a trusted partner for staying connected now and in the future. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Connectivity is more important than ever, and you can learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends from Boingo Wireless, CBDMD, and Mizzen in Maine. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.